remember when I could get my leg up that far to make it sound like that. I can't even get it up that far to go, you know. <laughs> I'm just getting old. All right, anyway. So um, we uh, are in, in between um, what I would call a series. Last week we did Grace, and then next week we're going to start a new series that I'm working on this week. I'm still not done with it, so I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm not sure where I'm going to go with it. But I got two ideas, and we'll see what happens. So today is kind of an in-between day, and I want to uh, uh, share some things with you. Hopefully that will challenge you a little bit, and uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us today. Let's pray, and we'll get right into it. Jesus, it is good to come around uh, to this, this place, to the table, to take communion, to worship together, to uh, break open your word and see what you have for us. So God, help me to open my mouth where I can open it and shut it where it needs to be shut and help me uh, to be a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a servant to you today as I uh, say, here's what you need for the church. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, come on in. We got plenty of seats. I see people still coming in. So good, good, good. So uh, we're going to talk about, our, if, if I had to say what, what, what is it today about, it's let's talk about helping others. Since this uh, Friday and Saturday, we are going to have our first mission trip here in Franklin. Uh, it is going to be... Um, Generally, we go out of the country every other year, and this year we're happy to stay here. We're going to have uh, two days in, in July and two days in August. We're going to be going into uh, the community a little bit. We're going to be doing some homeless outreach. We're going to be doing a pop-up vacation Bible school. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff at the Hub. We're going to do some painting around here, around the church. There's about 29 people, and if you'd still like to go, it's not too late. We need a concrete finisher. If you know anybody that's a concrete finisher... We could use a concrete finisher this coming Saturday for about 8 to 12. Please let us know if that's you or if you know somebody that could do that. I say all that to say uh, we want to talk about helping others. So let's do that. God didn't put you on this earth to just live a selfish life. When God put you here, he had a, a plan and a reason. And he didn't want you just to, to breathe, to take up space, he didn't want you just to go on vacation, to go to college, to do all the things that you do, and then to die one day. God put you here to make the world a better place, believe it or not. He put you here to point people to Christ. That's the reason you're here. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, that's why God made you, was to, to give his glory to other people, to show it to other people. If you look at the screen today, uh, in Philippians 2, 2, it says this, agree with each other, loving one another, and working together with one another with heart and purpose. And that's what we want to talk about. How do you serve God? How do you serve God? There's only one way. It's by helping other people. That's by helping others. God didn't put you on this earth just to serve yourself, contrary to culture contrary to the way that it's so easy to live our life. God wants you in ways uh, to be exposed to people's lives in ways you never, ever thought would be possible. You have something that I don't, and I have something that you don't, and he wants you to share it with other people. And he wants you to take that, that gift that he's given you and to serve others. Some of you probably have fond memories growing up of, of uh, sports teams 
or being in choir together or being on a chess team or a club or a craft team and a cheerleading squad. I, I don't know, whatever it was. One of mine is, is football. I, I think I've talked to you about this before, but I remember when I played football, we, our team um, back in the 70s, uh, we played um, uh, Lawrenceburg every year. And our team would, Lawrenceburg went 10-0 and 0 every year. So that lets you know we lost at least one time every year. So four years in a row, my team, which was really, really good, went 9-1 and one every year. 9-1. and one. And we never could get out to the state because there wasn't a state, there wasn't a, a bracket. And so uh, what we get together with these 40 or 50 other sports guys, even today, we all remember, yeah, remember the time we didn't get into the finals. That, that's, what we, that's the thing we have in common that we didn't, but it holds us together because for four years we were this close to getting into the, getting into the playoffs, but we never did. And so what I say that is, is that all of you should have some experience where you worked along other people, and when you did, it brings some kind of hopefully good memories to you. I'm getting, okay, there we go. So uh, we, that's what we want to talk about today is how do, how do we do that? How do we work together in a culture that most people uh, go to work, drive into their garage, shut the door, and don't do anything for a lot of other people? They just kind of live, they go to the clubs and the activities that they go to, and for the rest of the time, it's, it's, that's it. What do you do in that culture? God wired us in a way that he wants us to work together. He put us together in our mother's wombs in a way that he wants. The only way that we work is when we work together as a team. But we are living in a society where there's a bunch of lone rangers. And there's so many folks today that just are doing their own thing and not a part of a team. There's so many people today that are looking for church and they say, don't, don't let me, get, I, I just want to go. I don't want to get involved. I just, I just want to be there. I just want to go. And if that's the kind of church you're looking for, that's not us. We have a history here. We have a long history of helping people. It's one of the things we do probably good. We do a lot of things terrible, but that's one of the things we do really good is we help other people. For the last 20 years, this church, I could, I could go on and on and on about the way that this church has helped, the, helped people in this community and across the world. The fields are white in the harvest, the Bible says, and that's true, church. But you know what the problem is? We don't got enough combines. You know what a combine is? It's that machine that just goes out there and, gets the, and, and brings in the, brings in the, the harvest. We need people to go out and to do that, to harvest, to be harvesters. And in doing that, that's how God uses us to help people, to share uh, who he is in this life today. So you can have two responses to my message today, like every week. The first one is this. You can, you can, can come in here and you can shut me out and say, yeah, somebody else is going to do what you're talking about, Jeff. Or come talk to us and we'll figure out a path for you to find a way to help serve people. We are all about that here. We don't care how broken you are. <laughs> we believe that broken people are some of the best people that serve God. So what does it take? 
What's it take to build a team? Now I want to talk about that a little bit because this fall we're, we're going we're gonna to be kind of retooling again. Right? It seems like every couple years we retool. And this fall is no different. We're going to retool a little bit. And we're going to build a team. And so we need people to be a part of that team for different things. This church continues to reach out in the community in so many ways, not just on mission trips, but every week we have the hub where people come here, where we go out and we do other things for people. We have groups of people that go out into other, uh, uh, other states and, and do works of service and love for other people all the time, all the time. And we need some people to be a part of that team because Truthfully, church, it is getting harder and harder and harder to get people to do that. Not just here, every church, every church that I talk to is experiencing this. They're having to, to pay people to do what, what used to. You get people to grab a vision and say, I, I want to do that. And, and that's not what I think the intent of God was when he made us. He made us to take and to be on a team and to serve and to have a ministry that says, this is how I serve God. This is what I do for Jesus. I don't do it to get anything back. I don't do it to, to, to all, only way I do it is because I want to help somebody else. And that's the kind of people that God is looking for this morning. So what does it take to build a Jesus team? First of all, it takes trust. It takes trust. I think that'll come up there. Being a part of the team, it takes trust. And then trust happens. And what I've done is I've taken the word team, and I'm just going to use that today. Team. What, what is it? How do you be a part of a team? How do you do something on the team? It takes trust. Trust is emotional glue that draws people together, that holds people together. When you trust somebody, you don't mind serving with them. You don't mind being alongside of them. One of Paul's team members was truly uh, a wonderful team member. His name was Timothy. And there's a scripture up in 1 Timothy 6 that says this. He, he, Paul told Timothy, he says, I want you to guard the, that that has been entrusted to you. What was that? It was that he had these people that were coming into his life and these people are yours. They're entrusted to you. Now serve with them. Now take them and go serve the widows. Go serve those who need the things that you can do. To build a team, the first step is always to have trust. You have to share responsibilities. You have to let other people do it, even though you can do it better yourself. And it kills some of you to let somebody else do it because they don't do it what? Like you do it. Right, Yancey? I mean, did I say Yancey? No, you, 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 it doesn't matter. If they don't do it like me, then, man, it's not going to be. And you know what happens is you get tired of that pretty soon. You get tired because people, you know, they, they go, I don't want to work alongside that person anymore. I don't want to, I'm not saying that about Yancey, but I'm saying that about, about a lot of us is the fact that, that when we are, are these kind of people that, that just have these high expectations, it's good to have high expectations, but it's bad when it comes to the fact that, that you have to allow people to fail. People have to fail. Your kids have to fail. You failed that out yet? <laughs> Some of you older folks, you, you, you remember that you probably messed up with your kids because you didn't, you didn't allow them to fail, and then they failed, and then it's like it was a real mess. We have to let people fail. 
And when they fail, we're there to pick them back up. And that's where trust is built. Everybody here knows that a quarterback never throws to himself. He always has somebody that he throws the ball to. A quarterback can't throw and catch. And that's what some of us are trying to do in the church. We're trying to throw it and we're trying to catch it. And we're expecting some kind of results. And you know what that is? First of all, it's insanity. Second of all, you know what? It's stupidity. It's stupidity. And then we, get, we, get, we wonder why people are burnt out and don't want to do things. Because trust is not always there. Proverbs 20, I think verse 6 says this. Many people claim to be loyal, but it's hard to find a trustworthy person. Now let's talk about the flip side of that just a bit, a little bit. What is, what's a trustworthy person? Are, are you a trustworthy person? That's interesting. This was written thousands of years ago, and it was the same human dilemma that we have today. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? More importantly, then, let me ask you this question. How do you become a trustworthy person so people trust you? Are you a trustworthy person? Would people, when they look at you, do you do what you say you're going to do? Or do you bail out and somebody asks you to do something because you get, a better, you get a better deal? Because you get a better offer? How can you get involved in the mission that God has for this church? You know what the mission of this church is? It's very simple. Love God, love people, and then serve them. Serve them. That's it. That has been our mission for, for 20 years. It hadn't changed, and it probably won't change. Love God, love people, and then serve them. Point them to the Lord and say, Here, here's, here's God. And it's not our job to bring them in. It's, our, our, it's not our job to, to get them to, to, to know Jesus other than to say, follow me as I follow Christ. And if they don't, they don't. And if they do, praise the Lord. So how do I get involved in the mission? Let's talk about that, okay? I'm, I, I, these are some things that we've got to discuss because as we come to this fall again and we talk about we're kind of retooling again and trying to figure out what God wants us to do. How, do. how do you earn somebody's trust? How do you earn somebody's trust? You earn it by being consistent. You earn it by being consistent, by showing up. Most of us hate surprises. Most of us don't like surprises. Some of you do, I understand that, but a lot of us, we don't like to be surprised. You don't like it. And so what happens is, is, is when we get surprised, when, when we ask somebody to be a part of something and they don't come or they don't show up or they don't do it like we thought we wanted them to do. You know, years ago, you could walk into Walmart and they had a, on the back of their, and I'm not, I'm not if you're at Walmart, I'm sorry, but you walk in there and on the back of their shirts, they say, what, how may I help you? <laughs> I can't, re I've asked a lot of people, I, I want to go around with a marker and just write that out and just say, no, they're not going to help you anyway. They don't want to help you. Now, here's what I want to say about that. We have to become more of a, of a the church has to become that, that, those people that say, how can I help? When's the last time you ask anybody for that? 
And I, I know there's some problems with that, and we'll talk about that, but that, it's important to understand that, that as, as a church, when you're serving other people, you've got to earn their trust by being consistent. You've got to earn their trust by showing up. And then also, you've got you to earn their trust by being close. And let me talk to you real qu- uh, quick about that. You have to spend time with them. And you know how you spend time with them? You sign up and you go do things you don't want to do. I can't tell you over the last 40 years that I've been doing mission trips, probably three or 400 people that I've gone on out of the country with, in the country, different places. And some of the closest relationships that I have still to this day are people that I went on mission trips with. I can mention one word to some of the people in this, in this room today, and you'll remember the trip I'm talking about. Anybody here was a part of a Mexican circus? Anybody? There was, there was yeah, several. We were in Mexico. And there were, we, it was a very dangerous area. And one night we went to a Mexican circus, the weirdest Mexican circus you've ever seen in your life. Very risque, very cool, very awesome, but very weird. And I can say that because we, we did that. I remember getting pulled over in Mexico and a guy, two guys in Jeeps pulled over our three vans with machine guns. They're sitting in the back with machine guns pointing them at us and saying, what are you doing here? And, and, and I, can, I can remember going... To, uh, to another country and, and being there. And, and the only toilets we had were, were these toilets that weren't flush toilets. And every, every adult and every kid that would come back after being in the toilet, they would describe the, the banner-winning, award-winning that they just had in the, to- in, the, in the... And I'm like, only on a mission trip would that happen where people talk about their bowel movements and what it looks like. But that's closeness. So, whoa, I don't know if I want that kind of closeness. <laughs> I had snakes come into, into tents where we've been. I've had, I just can go on and on and on. And the closeness of, of, of those trips and the closeness of working side by side with somebody and building bathrooms and building churches and building houses and, and building all the things, there's a closeness that comes from that. And it, it, what it does is it, it tends to make you have this, this thing where you trust each other automatically. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. I love this. I think it's there. Friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble, no matter what. And see, being close, what that does is it helps you stick together. And when the bad times come, then you, you stick together. And so it's, it's important to understand that. that look, look at that phrase, stick together. That implies proximity. It says you're close. It says you're together. It says it takes time. Trust takes time. And also, uh, the E, the E in the, so the, the T is that, and the T is this. The E is, uh, is empathy, empathy. You need empathy to be a part of the team that God, of Jesus' team. 1 Peter 3.8 says this. Live in harmony with one another and be sympathetic. Live in harmony with one another and be sympathetic. You see, you can't have that first word, harmony, without the second word. You can't have it. You're never going to live in harmony when you're with your wife, with your husband, with your friends, anybody else. You can have harmony. You can't have it without sympathy. You have to say, I can sit in your shoes and understand where you're coming from. If you can't do that, you will push a lot of people away. 
You have to have empathy. You have to have sympathy. It says, I understand what you're going through. And I give you grace. I give you grace. I love that about this church. There is a lot of grace in this church. Why is that important? Why do you have to have empathy? Because first, every one of us in this room, we want to be understood. We want to be understood. We want somebody in our life that says, I know you and you're okay. And that just doesn't happen at home. It should happen in the church where people say, I, I, that's just not just the way they are. I love that, that quirk about it. And there's so many quirky people in these seats. So many quirky people. All of us are quirky people. Have you figured that out? We all are quirky. We all are different from everybody else. And those differences are what make us so good together. Then you also got to have a deep need to have your feelings validated. What I mean by that? You got to have the uh, people in your life who say, you know what? You're not a kook. You're not weird. You know, you, well, you're a little strange, but to me, I love you anyway. And we need those, those people in our lives that, that come along and, and beside us and say, you're okay, even though a lot of other people have called you pretty weird and horrible names. There's a third part to the letter, uh, or to the caustic uh, team. It's the letter A, the letter A. You don't just need empathy, you need to accommodate. And I want to spend a moment on this, just a moment. What's it mean to accommodate? Accommodate means to make room or to give space. Let me say that again. It means to make room or to give space. Let's talk about what that means. What's that look like? Accommodation means you have differences, but you go with the flow for the mission. You may not like the way it's getting done, but you go with the flow. I love that about this church. So many people have so many ideas. Every one of you have ideas. You don't agree with your spouse. You don't agree with, your, with the people that you live with all the time. And so how is it possible that we could bring 30, 25 people together and agree on anything? It's accommodation. It's accommodation. It says, for the mission, I'll go along with it. For the mission, I'll go with it. 2 Timothy 2.22 says this, be faithful. I don't think, yeah, loving and easy to get along with. Let's talk about that for a minute. Be faithful and easy to get along with. Would the people closest to you to say that you're easy to get along with? Think about that for a second. It's accommodation. Romans says it this way. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Do your part. What's your part? To accommodate. Now there's times when you're going to have to say, no, that's not right. But a lot of the times you can accommodate. A lot of times you can say, okay, I can see this. Let's do this. Do your part. I like that because obviously you have a part and everybody else has a part. And God knows this. God knows this too. I, and this is what I'm going to, I just got to share this. 
some people are unpleasable. You're just not going to, there's some people you're just not going to get along with. I know that. You know that. And those people, you have to love them and let them go do their thing. And you may not, you may not be able to work with them. Doesn't mean they're not going to heaven. It <laughs> doesn't mean, but, but you just have to do your best to accommodate. You have to do your best to live at peace with those people in your uh, sphere. So how do, you, how do you play nice when you're serving with others? And I want to talk about this and we're just about done. How do you play nice when you're serving in a, on a missions team, when you're serving in a group, when you're serving in the church and a ministry, when you're serving in a life group, when you're serving? Well, how do you do that? How do you play nice with people uh, that you're serving with? The, the message version, I love the message. Sometimes, sometimes it's so, I'm going to put that up there. Now I hear me. Okay, there we are. The message version, I, I love this. I don't often quote the message, but this, this, I love what the message says. And this is the Walmart verse, okay? It says, each of us, let's see. Nope, nope, that's not it. It's Romans. I think, is it, did, did I, maybe I didn't put that. Uh, there it is. <laughs> I did. God in his kindness gave each of us different uh, gifts. He gave us different gifts. And when he gave us a different gift, his, his idea was that he wants us to use that gift, ideally, for other people. Here's, here's, the, here's the bottom line on why we're talking about this a little bit, because I want to speak to the people that go here regularly. And I want to speak to the people that just might be here today for the first time. People come to this place every week. And they want to know, what does this church have that can help them? They want to know, does this church have anything that's different from the other 327 churches that are in this county? They passed probably six or seven churches to get here. What's different about this church? And they walk in that door, and they can usually tell. You can usually tell in about three to five minutes if there's people in that place that genuinely love you, that are going to accommodate you, that are going to come and be around you and be somebody that you want to invest in. Now, here, here's the other thing that I want to say about that. When these people come looking for, for answers, when they come looking for help, when they come struggling in the door, barely getting here, maybe barely getting their kids in the door, and they're, they're here, one of the questions you have to ask of every person who is seeking a relationship with Jesus is, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? You know, how many people have gone to a church and, and gone to the service and said, you know, I didn't get nothing out of that today. I didn't get nothing. And then I, my question is, what'd you give? What'd you give? I'm not talking about money. <laughs> I'm a, did you put yourself out there? No, I was waiting for somebody to come up and talk to me. Okay. Listen, we're all scared. Everybody here is scared because you don't want to seem weird or strange. And so when, when some guy stands up here like I did this morning and says, give everybody a fist bump, the first thing that goes some, through some of your minds is terror. I don't want somebody to know me. I don't want somebody to... And that's not what it's about. <laughs> You're missing the whole point. God puts you here to fill the gap in somebody else's life. 
He did it here. He did it in your work. He put you in your work. He put you in the places that you play. He put you there to fill a gap in people's lives. You are to serve others everywhere you are, not just here. And those same people that come looking for things. There's some of you that, are, that have been coming here for a long time and you may need to answer that question. Why do I come to church? And what do I give? What do, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about money. I'm not, I'm not talking about what do you do to make somebody else's day incredible? What do you, how, how do you say how am I help you? Let's be honest about this. You're right. You can't meet everybody's needs. And you can't even meet your own needs. Most of you are struggling to keep up on your own life. And, and some guy stands up here and says, hey, help other people. And you're going, you're crazy. I can barely keep my head above water. To which I would say, that's why a team works. There is no way a team works unless a team is being a team. And a team does what a team does. When somebody else has need, they step in the gaps and they fill the gaps. They fill the holes. They fill the need. And then you fill the need in somebody else's. If you are selfish, if you are here and you are burnt out and you are here and you're tired of helping other people, you know what that means? That means that somebody's not doing their job. Somebody's not doing their job. That's hard to think about this morning. It's hard to think about. So we accommodate, we accommodate people by, by meeting their needs. We also accommodate people by, by their ideas. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.15, I think I might have put that, maybe, yep, I did. The intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. Listen, when you get together in a room and there's people that are doing something, everybody has a way to see it done. Everybody does. Listen to the ideas. I can't tell you how many times good ideas have come out of people's stupid suggestions. Because when you look at them, you go, that's stupid. That's what you think in your head. But it ends up being incredible. Listen to new ideas. It's so important. It's important to listen to, the, to everybody. Doesn't mean you're going to get all your ideas out there, but at least it's good to get them out. And the biggest reason why people quit stuff in this church and every other, other group that comes that's organized or unorganized is because they feel that people aren't listening to them. So I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home because nobody's listening. That's wrong too. That's wrong too. You can't just take your ball and go home. God has called you. God has called you to work through that because we're family. We're a forever family. We are a team. We are teammates. Another way we accommodate each other is by the personalities, by accommodating personalities. And I, I want to spend a moment on this and then we're done. Romans 12, 6 says this, God in his kindness, he gave us each one different gifts. I just said that. Thank God, <laughs> thank God that he did because we think things like this. Everybody else that I'm around is pretty nuts. They're pretty crazy. 
I'm the only sane one in this group. I'm the only sane one at my work. I'm the only sane one in this committee. I'm the only... Does anybody else think like me? And you have to understand that's because there's different personalities. Let me explain it like this. And I want to use the Jamaica, because next year we're going to Jamaica. We're going to go do a mission trip to our little buddy in Jamaica. There's three different personalities. And here's the personalities, and then I'm going to tell you about taking those personalities on a trip to Jamaica. First, here, here's the first personality. There's the person who wants to work and get things done. There always is that person in the group. There's the person who wants to have fun and enjoy life. They're the life of the party. Then there's the person that, who wants to think and discuss things and really get into things and go really deep. And then there's a the person who just wants to make sure that everybody feels good. How are you feeling about that? Does that everybody feel good? Okay. So we're going to Jamaica. Hello, everybody. Let's go to Jamaica this year. First question from the person who's task-oriented. What are we going to do when we get to Jamaica? What are we going to build? Are we going to build an orphanage? What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Who's, how much money is that going to be? Where, what are we going to do? Second person, the, the person who's who, the fun person. I know a great beach in the grill. We're going to go there. Day-o, day-o, daylight's coming in. I'm, you know. They're the fun guy. It's good for those people because you need them. Then you got the thinker. Why? Why should we go to Jamaica? There's people around us that are dying everywhere. Why? Why do we go anywhere? Let's just stay right here. Then there's the, <laughs> there's the feeler. Well, how do you feel about going to Jamaica? I don't feel. What does everybody agree with that? Why would we do? Do you really? Does everybody want to go? See, personalities, they shine, they prohibit, and they stop growth. And God wants us to take those four incredibly valuable, needed personalities and moosh them together and something incredible comes out. That's where God wants to do in your life. But you have to be open to it. And you can't take your ball and run home at the first time of trouble. Any new group that you come into, it seems pretty good right when you get there. And then pretty soon you figure out, these people are just as crazy as I am. They're all batty. But they look so good. And you go in and you go, that mom over there, look what she does. She's got six kids and they all are dressed perfect. And I got my kid and he looks like he fell in a bowl of ice cream. He lives in, you know, it's just, it's a horrible mess. We have to be sure we have to be sure that we're making accommodation for personalities, for needs, and for ideas. We have to accommodate each other's faults. And I wanna, that's the last part of this. Ephesians 4.2 says this. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Doesn't take long. Doesn't take long to figure out that patience is something that a lot of us need more of. The moment that you figure out this group that you're a part of, you've got to decide, do I really want to be a part of this? And does God really want me to be a part of it? And if he does, I'm going all in. 
I'm jumping in. I'm going to do exactly what needs to be done. And the people can follow along with me and I'm going to follow along with them. Or not. That's your decision. Accommodation makes us stronger, church. Accommodation makes us stronger. And then the M, the M, the T-E-A-M. The M of, of that is this, mission. I already told you what the mission was. Love God, love people, serve those people. To have a team, you have to have a cause. And if you forget what the cause of this thing is, if you forget why you come here, you come here for that reason. You come here to love God, to love his people, and then to serve his people. Here's the answer to the mission. Hebrews 10.25 says this, Let us not give up meeting together, but let us encourage one another. So many people today, church, are giving up their church attendance. They're not going anywhere because they can't find the perfect church. There is no perfect church. There isn't. I, I, I meet and know a lot of fellas that are in a lot of different churches. And I can't tell you <laughs> how many churches go through the same thing that, that you think you might go through how many churches are struggling right now to serve God because people are inherently becoming more selfish and more selfish and they just want to take care of themselves because they forgot the thing that makes us what we are and that's team we need a team and if you're not serving with a team you know what you are you're an island and if you're an island, you're alone on that island by yourself. Who are you helping? Who are you helping? As I said last week, who's going to heaven because of you? Who's going to heaven because of your relationship with the one who made you? You look around at the problems of this world, and it's pretty discouraging. By the way, man, come on up. It's easy to say, God... Why don't you do something about this? Why don't you do something about this mess of this world that's going on? Please do something. And the question God is saying to you is this. You're on earth. You do something. That's why I put you there. Why don't you do something about this suffering? You do something. But there's so much. Do one thing. I love that story. You've, you've heard it a million times about the little boy who sees the man going down the, 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 the beach and he's throwing the, 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 the lobster or the crab, whatever, they beach themselves and he's throwing them back in the water. There's thousands of them, thousands of them. And the little boy says, what, what are you doing? He says, I'm just trying to save uh, some, of these, some of these lobsters. What was it? Thank you so much. I was having a senior moment, and it went, it went like, <laughs> starfish, thank you. I'm going to have you tell a story next week. You did much better than me. I'm sorry. I, I just really messed up. The starfish. So he's throwing the starfish back in. He says, what, what, why are you doing that? He says, it matters to this one. It matters to this one starfish. And that's, that's what we've got to do. I screwed up that whole story, but don't, don't hold that against me because it just came to my head. And thank you for answering that. Starfish, and there's so many people that it matters. There's so many people that are wondering, <laughs> do you have anything 
that you can help me with. Because that's, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for somebody to stand beside them. As the lights go out, we're going to have our ministry time. We call this our ministry time. And it's not for us, it's for you. I challenge you this morning to say to God, God, here I am. I'm open. What, what can you do through me? Here I am. I'm here to worship, but I'm also here to serve. What do you have for me? What do you got? And I want to do it. And then do it. And then do it. That's the ministry time today. Also, if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, every week we get that invitation. Just say to, say to the Lord, Lord, come into my heart. Clean me up. <laughs> I'm a dirty mess. Some of you that are, are, are Christ followers today, you may need to pray that prayer today. God, my heart has been dirty. I've gotten it dirty this week. Use this time. Pray for somebody that you know that's struggling. Pray for somebody that you know that's going through a hard time. See what the Lord does these next few minutes. Never gonna let me down. 
the key.